Hello, Rebels. Welcome to The Daily California. It's Tuesday, June the 21st. It's the 21st, and I've been away for a week. I'm back now. It's great to be back. We had a wonderful vacation, but it's lovely to come back and to be joined this Tuesday by the person you normally love to see on the Thursday, which is Jennifer, who is Jennifer Horn, uh, who's with us today on a Tuesday, which is very exciting for my first day back. Looking forward to that. All right. Now, this is such an unsurprising story. I'm just going to go for it. Guess what's happening on July the 1st in a few days' time? What's happening on July the 1st in California at a time when the whole country is talking about rising gas prices, when Biden is going on about how we're going to do something about gas prices and he's, he's terrified of the impact on the midterms and, and the whole country's focused on this. So guess what California Democrats are preparing to do in a few days' time on July the 1st? That's right. They are raising the gas tax. They are preparing to raise the gas tax. That's what's happening in our crazy state. It's going up by 5.6% on July the 1st. They're literally planning to do this. It's completely baffling incomprehensible, but sadly, totally predictable. Why? Because of the bill that was passed in 2017, which is this automatic increase every year, which is part of their great transition to kind of move us off of fossil fuels, regardless of the pain that it causes, regardless of the fact that they don't have alternatives ready. They don't have the solar and the wind ready to power our cars or whatever they So the gas tax is going up and they can't seem to do anything about it because the legislature and the governor are still totally in disagreement over what to do about this. So Newsom proposed ages ago a rebate that would go to, uh, to, to people who own cars and the legislature say, no, we're not going to do that. Why? Because they don't want the relief to they don't want to tie the relief on the gas tax to car ownership. I'd be much too sensible to actually tie the relief to the people who are paying the high prices. No, no, far too sensible. So they can't agree. And then on top of that, okay, listen to this. California Assembly Speaker, the Democrat Anthony Rendon, announced yesterday, guess, a legislative inquiry into the causes of high gas prices. So they're, they're about to put them up, okay, by raising the tax. And at the same time, they're announcing an inquiry into why the prices are going up. It is absolutely, you just can't make it up. Okay, here's your inquiry, Anthony Rendon. The reason that gas prices are going up is because you're putting them up with your gas tax increase. The other reason gas prices are going up is because of your war on American energy, on California energy. When you make it more expensive to produce something, the price goes up. That's your inquiry. It's unbelievable, but so true. These Democrats have totally lost the plot. So remember, when you start paying more in a week or so from now from your gas, this is the deliberate consequence of Democrat policy. Jen, it's just stunning, isn't it? It is absolutely stunning. I actually, you know, not much makes me like fall out of the chair anymore. But this morning I was sat down, I'm preparing for my morning show in Los Angeles, and I see the big breaking news story on all the local news outlets that the California legislature is going to get to the bottom of gas prices. <laughs> When I was a little kid, I used to say things like no duh to, to my friends. Right. I don't, these people deserve the ultimate no duh. They are like wastes of time and space. And they say it's bipartisan. Now, I've heard Republicans are laughing at this idea, 
But anybody who is on this committee needs to be voted out of the legislature immediately for being a waste because we know why gas prices are so high. I'm no scientist, climate scientist, no energy expert. All you have to do is look at Jerry Brown from just a few years ago when he was governor of California saying we want to get people out of their cars. This is why gas prices are high. The left wants to give us the boot. They want us in electric vehicles and on mass transit, which is not doable in California. And uh, we know that the left keeps raising the gas tax in the state. So all you need right there are some bullet points. I don't know why they're going to spend months trying to figure out why gas prices are so high. And the fact that they're announcing an inquiry literally days before they themselves are about to increase the price with the new (laughs) tax hike. It's just sort of, it's so stunning. And then the, the other thing that's just hilarious about all of this is that they... They, they they just can't get their story straight. So even as all this is going on, they're still coming out with all this kind of rhetoric and language about, oh, this is actually really helpful because it'll transition us to this new green. You know, Biden was out saying that yesterday. So like, it's so all over the place. On the one hand, it's Putin's fault. On the other hand, mm-hmm. no, it's actually really good because it means it moves us to the new economy, except no, it's really bad, which is why we have to go to Saudi Arabia to beg them to pump more oil, even though we wanted to treat them as a pariah. I mean, it's just, it's it's completely incoherent in every single way. And from a messaging standpoint, so my background, my, uh, my degree is in journalism, but I did a special emphasis in public relations. And I always look at the messaging in politics because it tells, it, I mean, it's just yes. so funny, the missed opportunities that people have. If you are California, if you are sitting in the legislature and you're going to raise the gas tax essentially by about three cents, okay, it's not much. It really isn't in the scheme of things. But isn't it like just taking salt and just jamming it into the wound with your finger? Wouldn't they look like heroes if they said, forget the moratorium on the entire gas tax, which would be really impactful for people like 50 cents a gallon. But if you just said, we're putting a, a pause on this, we'll we'll get you next year. What's the problem? I know. Wouldn't that make them look so much better than sitting around on a committee where they're just going to be hobnobbing and having lunch with each other? It's just unbelievable. Uh. They, 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 it's, it's a total disregard. I think it, as so much, actually, in California, it just comes from the political complacency that arises when they feel that there's no real challenge to them. And so they, they, it's just a total disregard. For, for regular people and their lives and they can sort of play these political games and just like do, do this stuff because they they feel so kind of protected in that they're never going to lose their lose their elections as a result of this speaking of elect speaking of elections um it's now two weeks since the primary and guess what we don't have the results i mean it's just two weeks like and people say oh yeah we do have the results because you know, Newsom won or whatever, and and there wasn't really a close contest for second. And so we kind of know. But like, these are the people who lecture us about, you know, faith in democracy and whatever. Like, we kind of know isn't that great, especially when some of these races where it's still very close, like the attorney state attorney general race is still very close. Actually, I don't know. I mean, I have the last time I looked at it, it was like 18 point something for um nathan nathan hockman and um eric early you know recent guests on the show 16 point something you know like they, they've counted you know okay over 90 percent of the vote but like what's going on two weeks on from the election we're still waiting for the final results 
And it's frustrating not only for us, but for the candidates who would like to know if they've won or not. I, there are a lot of assembly races that are still too close right. to call. I just spoke to Eric early, actually, this week, and he said there are still two million votes to be counted wow. in his race. Wow. And they're separated now by 100,000 votes. Yes, so he, he feels like right. maybe it isn't his year. But still, you don't know. Two million votes, it's still outstanding two weeks after Election Day. It's It's inexcusable. And it makes you really sad because we're supposed to be the greatest country on the planet. I believe in my heart that we are, but this is run like a banana Republic. Now the fact that we don't have an outcome to our elections, two weeks, three weeks, a month after they're done, uh, this mail-in ballot scheme has got to go. And I am surprised that no one has, has at least filed a lawsuit or two in our state of California because we're the testing ground. We were the testing ground for what happened in 2020 for the presidential election we need to come together as conservatives and figure out how we can fight this because it is it's just not conducive to to the out to create an outcome in our democracy i completely agree and this is the this is the, it creates the space for exactly what these people are saying their reforms as they call them are all intended to mm-hmm. fight against which is the conspiracy theories and the questioning of it all and what's going on and whatever and and that's well, that's what happens when you when you when you let it go on drag on and on like this and people assume you know rightly or wrongly it doesn't you know like they, they, they it just creates the opportunity for people with either with good faith or bad faith to question the whole system yeah there's just no reason that we should be waiting this amount of time there's no reason that if you're going to send mail in ballots to everybody that they can still postmark them at midnight on election night and then we wait 10 days for the post office to deliver them it's it's very frustrating. And usually I shy away because I think we should prioritize our vote and that we should do whatever it takes to show up and, and let our voices be heard. But at this point, I would rather them get rid of the mail-in ballots and give everybody an election holiday. I completely in, agree. That's I, I've had that view for, for a while, actually. I'm always resistant to, the, to things like the holiday, whatever. It's just, you mm-hmm. know, can be very disruptive and so on. And it just this kind of accumulation of holidays isn't necessarily a good thing. But actually, I think that in, on balance is a better out, better option than this complete kind of farce of election season instead of election day you know yeah. and and so the, the a month before a month after right. is what it turns into yeah and 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 so basically the the month before thing means that people are often voting in completely different elections new information may have arisen new campaigning would have taken place and so on people often don't focus until the last minute you know so there's that and then afterwards you've got this whole situation where you don't have the result i mean it's just i mean the, the phrase i've been using a lot which is i just think and by the way this is not some outlandish thing that i'm about to say this is what happens like in, in most countries um who as you would you just said you know we would think we're better than you know no, notably <laughs> no, france to take a recent example with their presidential elections their parliamentary elections just this weekend which is vote on one day count on one day results on one day like how hard is that it can't be that hard but yet we haven't been able to pull it off and the only thing that's changed is the mail-in system because i i I mean it it wasn't that long ago steve i voted in every election since i was 18 and i can tell you that on election day we knew for the most part who the winner was going to be it was unheard of when uh, you had gore versus bush that was very close obviously we know what happened there but other than that, in my lifetime, I can't remember where it took more than a day to count these folks. It's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's inexcusable. And you look at places like France and you go, 
we can't do better than I that. Know. It's, Come it's on. really embarrassing. And, and as I say, the holiday thing, the, the vote, make voting holiday thing, I think is, a, is, a, is an appropriate concession to get to something sensible. Because you say, OK, fine, that's great. Let, and actually, let's let's make it a holiday. You know, it, it is great that, you know, that's the point. You know, it's very American. It's self. We are choosing the people. Um, let's right. celebrate that. It's a civic moment of participation. Let's all go along. I've also said, you know, ma- let's make sure that we do everything to avoid long lines and hassle and people waiting in the heat or whatever. That's all, you know, those are good points. We should focus on that. But it should be. But again, yeah. I mean, most other places seem to be able to do it. Why not here? I don't know. It's just it's so frustrating. I mean, by the way, do you know when we're is there an actual deadline for when we get the <laughs> results? Or is it just like go I- on for as long as they want? think that they're no longer accepting ballots. So we've checked that box. Right. Now we just must wait for them to count them. And I always, <laughs> I, I don't know. I know you have kids. I don't know if you ever saw, it was one of the, the animal cartoons from not so long ago, but they had the sloths working at the DMV. Oh, yes. And that was oh, Zootopia. That's Zootopia what the movie was. Exactly. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I imagine the vote counters. They're just one. We got to take a break. <laughs> I think that's exactly so I don't right. Know. Maybe by November we'll know who's on the ballot. <laughs> Someone should do that as a little, you know, like whatever. Put it on. That'd be very good. Like, you know, live, <laughs> live, live. Look at the voting center. <laughs> the count and just. <laughs> <laughs> So brilliant. And then they have to start over again when they lose their cow, right? Seven. Oops. <laughs> God. I know. It's just. It's so true, though. It just. That's what. It, that's what. I mean, what else? Are we to think of this anyway? Let's. Okay, so this isn't funny either, but also crazy. I just saw this today, uh, which is about one of the big issues that people get. Uh, you know, has has driven a lot of the dissatisfaction that people are feeling with life in California, which is housing costs, right? Mm-hmm. And this is an amazing yeah. story, which is in the L.A. Times. Um, I'll just read the, the the headline: Affordable housing in California now routinely tops $1 million per apartment to build. This is just amazing. Wow. $1 million per apartment. This is affordable housing. And what's great about this, a very fair piece from the LA Times. And they're saying, and they, they say, what, what's the driver of this? Why does it cost so much money? And they say, fair enough, you know, increases in labor and material prices, mm-hmm. supply chain, COVID, blah, blah, blah. But they say um, a Times investigation found numerous factors within the control of state and local governments also to blame um, and the, in comparison with private sector development, this low-income ha- housing is often saddled with more stringent, in, of course, here we are, totally predictable, environmental and labor standards. They frequently face higher, higher parking requirements, lengthy local approval processes, Byzantine bureaucracy, etc. So this is a totally government-created problem. You know, they go on and on about housing and how we've got to do more for it, and, and they sort of blame people and blame NIMBYs and everything. But actually... It turns out that their rules and regulations are, are such a big part of it to the point where we're going to have a million dollar home is like an affordable to build, to cost to build. Imagine how much it costs to buy. Option. I mean, it's just. And, ridiculous. you know, it is it is absolutely ridiculous. And a couple of things to add when we when because I live in Los Angeles, you're up in Northern California. And in Los Angeles, we passed a, a local measure, HHH, it was Triple H, and it was to provide more low-income housing so that we could get people off the streets, right? And everybody who's a bleeding heart says, we want to get people off the street because of course we do. Everybody does. Yes. We all want that. But this new local sales tax was supposed to be put into a fund to build homes. Do you know, I think they only had built like 30 the last time I checked, number one, and this has been years. But the median cost of those homes was $745,000. So 
you can go out and buy a house for that amount of money rather than let the government create it. And there's a couple of issues. You named one right off the bat, and those are environmental regulations from the state, which make it completely more difficult and more expensive to try to meet the standards of the state. But you also have uh, the corruption that's coming out with no bid contracts, yes. right? You have these, these approved people that just get all of the government contracts. They're thinking they can charge whatever they want because they don't have anybody bidding against and there's no competition. That drives the price up. And then the only way that you can actually get things done is if you put a ton of cash into a lunch bag and pass it off to the city exactly. council somewhere to try to get their their permits expedited. I mean, we're following right now in Los Angeles the story of Jose Wazar, who is a member uh, of the city council, who was taking bribes literally in paper sacks to, to get permitting on buildings built in downtown Los Angeles. I cannot be told that that's not happening in other places in the state. It is abs- It has to be. Yes. And no big contracts are going to be the death of us because nothing will be done inexpensively if we don't have any competition. And there's a, there's a, that it's so important, this point, you know, that, that so many people think, well, the answer to our problems is, you know, for the government to regulate or pass a law or whatever. And he, he takes you back to that old Reagan phrase, you know, I think it was in his inauguration in, you know, after the 98 election, 1981, and we're like, government is not the solution to our problem. It's the cause of the problem. And when it comes to housing, it really is the case because what you've got with this over-regulated system where the government's controlling every aspect of the environmental, what materials you can use, the design of the homes, the, all these different things, plus the zoning itself, all of it puts you in a, in a direct, but pushes you in a direction where in the end, the only people that can really navigate all of that are, kind of, are these big developers and, 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 and house building companies or home building construction companies with their political connections and the lobbying and all the rest of it. And that means not only that the price goes up, as we've seen, but also just from a sort of qualitative point of view, you get these kind of identikit developments. They ruin the character. I mean, you go, I mean, Los Angeles, I mean, you're all over the place. You drive around now. It's all the same. All these apartments, you know, they all look the same. It. It's really yeah, horrible. It's... I mean, one of the cool things about L.A. is just the quirkiness, you know, the the wonderful kind of when you go to places that don't when you when you drive around and see these these cool buildings and homes that you know single family homes the little garden the california dream and it can be some really kind of quirky design because neighborhood charm that's is what gone, it's all right? about exactly they all look the same because it's that's where all this regulation has pushed us yep everything looks the same they pack everybody in you can look into each other's bathroom you know as you're taking a shower in the morning it, it's not quite the desirable uh, dream that we were all looking for and steve i can remember as a little girl when i wanted to be a princess a million dollars sounded like enough money to buy me a castle right. and now it's maybe a two-bedroom apartment in san francisco it, we have got to get back to some sort of normalcy and really if you break up the regulations and you break up the the no bid contracts i really think that's a step in the right direction for some candidate out there who wants to make a difference. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the tr- the trouble is, it just gets um, the candidates just that we do end up with, and the ones that you know sadly get elected, just push this idea that we we, we just need more government direction of all this, yeah. and we'll and solve they can make the money problem. themselves. Yeah, it's sometimes. it's really depressing. Um, I want to just um, end with something that um, I did not not, not to, particularly political but but it kind of has become political i just noticed this in the in the last we're speaking on tuesday morning um i think at midnight eastern time uh beyonce dropped her new single and what i noticed about it apart from that i really liked it and 
you know, was that actually it so immediately got politicized and people were saying, well, with Beyonce and, 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 and then you had to pick a side. Are you Beyonce or Kid Rock and everyone on Twitter argue about it? I think, oh, my God, do we really have to politicize everyone? I think we have a little clip of the of the track. Let's listen to that. Okay, I'm probably revealing my age. It really reminds me of like when I used to go out all the time clubbing in the 90s. It's got that kind of vibe. I just really love this song. I think it's great. And it just seems, and okay, whatever Beyonce's politics, I probably don't agree with it. But, you know, artists have always expressed their political views in different ways. They tend to be on the left. Doesn't mean we can't love their work. I agree with you. It, believe me, if uh, I chose to just support artists that had the same politics uh, that I did, I would not be able to listen to the radio. I wouldn't be able to watch television. I wouldn't go to the movies. You would just, it would, it would be a boring existence. So of course, this is the adult thing to do is just support people for their art, not necessarily for their politics. I like Beyonce. I was a huge Destiny Child's fan. Though. Right. I, that Destiny's Child was, was my jam. Uh -huh. I was probably just a little behind you. I was, I was going out in the early 2000s, Steve. Oh, but yeah. But I probably okay. saw you. you Night at the Rock. I think you just style. burned me. I think is that, is that what the young no, say? I was just <laughs> <behind> you. <laughs> but I like this song too. And guess what? I like Kid Rock. I like Beyonce. Can we just stop? And more importantly, those lyrics in the song, she says she's tired by a nine-to-five job yeah I know. Okay. what kind of message is that sending <laughs> I know, exactly i think that's right Luke, so you could lucky enough to have a nine-to-five <laughs> i just i just thought, i just thought, i don't know i i heard it Im immediately and I, it was not i guess it was nine o'clock here i saw people talking about it on twitter i listened to it. oh my god i love this it's really cool but it's it is there is a tendency to just to politicize everything and yep. i just feel like we, there's enough politics you know we really we really really can have some space that we we, we don't need to just politicize everything it is so quick. People are so quick to just want to hate things, right? I mean, it just, there's enough of that going on. We can have a long conversation and articulate our political differences with Beyonce and Jay-Z. We don't yes. have to, to hate all of her music. It's a catchy tune. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm off. And also, Two thumbs exactly. And, and the other thing I'd say is like, and, and also it's perfectly reasonable to say that artists, you know, like don't constantly ram politics down our throat. That's fine. You can just say that yeah. and make that point. And it's true that you, especially since Trump, you know, you're everyone, you know, this sort of people very, you know, fired up and, and, and so on, but like, okay, whatever, that's the, their public figures. Everyone's it's freaks, but we can all say what we want. We can have our political views, but just judge the actual product, whether it's arts or sport, music, sport, movie, whatever on the actual thing that's there and just take some pleasure in it.
And, I, you know, I get annoyed when politic when politics influence them. I used to get annoyed when bands would come out and say, I don't want President Trump to use my music at his rally or right. or name whatever the criticism was. So to me, that would make me a hypocrite if I did the same thing to them. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. And, uh, you know, it, not everything has to be the end of the world. Exactly. Well, that is a lovely way to end our conversation, <laughs> Jen Horn. Great to see you. Um, obviously, you can listen to Jen every morning, The Morning Answer, AM 870, Southern California, Los Angeles. Um, so you're not going to be here Thursday. Is that right? That's why we switched. That's yeah. Can I tell you why? Go on. I'm hosting an event at the Nixon Library for 50 years of Title IX women's sports. Oh, and there are cool. going to be... Three really cool Olympians that are going to be joining me. Carrie Walsh Jennings, Courtney Matthewson, and Janet Evans are all going to be there to celebrate women in sports. So I'm excited about that. Very so thanks cool. Thanks for today. Very cool. No, great to see you as always. We'll see you next week. Um, and uh, join us again tomorrow for The Daily California.